0: Let's pray. Father, we are um, useless if you don't give us your Holy Spirit in fullness right now. So um, please come, come right now by your Holy Spirit, by the power of your gospel and uh, bring light and bring life and bring resurrection life uh, into our midst right now into the lives of the people right here, and also my life and people from Romania. Uh, give, give, uh, give us uh, assurance of salvation today. Give us um, conviction of sin today. Um, give new life and new hearts today by your, by your Spirit. Um, we are yours, Father. Use us and uh, um, bring, bring, uh, bring life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for uh, receiving us uh, uh, in your church. I want to thank Ray and Kevin for the invitation to come to Ottawa Church. That's a great privilege for me, Andrea, and Stefan. Uh, to be part of what God is doing here uh, in um, Hope, uh, Ottawa. So we're grateful for that. And, uh, yeah, we, we had some such a wonderful weekend with uh, Ray and his family together. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we were eager to spend even more time uh, a couple of days uh, afterwards this weekend and encourage one another and stir up one another to love and good deeds. So, um, yeah. Um, and it, it is a great privilege for me to, to open god 's word right now and and preach uh, to you this, this day. I just want to make you aware that um, this message was initially designed for the context in Romania, so um, for our congregation and our context uh, and i don 't know if all your current situation and challenges here in ottawa but i will assume that most of our challenges are also your challenges but i want you i wanted to make you aware of that so if i if you sense uh, i don't know unculturally aspects just uh, be aware of that and be gracious gra- gracious to, to me yeah um we have something to look for that is the message that is the title that i've I put to my message. Um, And oh my, how many people um, today don't have something to live for. We live in a period of time, mainly in in the western uh, part of the world, that people find so little uh, meaning in life and purpose in life. Um, This is why many people try to substitute the true meaning of life with fleshly desires. So they are, they are uh, pursuits of this kind. But, but actually they lack purpose. You don't find purpose in that. They lack, lack direction, the people that who, who search after that uh, fleshly desires. And, sl- and sadly I would say this is not only the world's um, issue, experience, but also the experience of uh, some churches and some church goers. There are peop- people sitting by us in the church that do not know what they live for. They don't have a real and biblical vision for their life, their lives and they are dragged by the world into all kinds of uh, pursuits shiny pursuits, but they don't have real um, um, life-giving sense of purpose in their their lives. We need to remind ourselves um, what and why we are here, why we are put by God in this place, and what's the purpose of our lives. What do we live for? And I I, uh, kindly want you to uh, open God's word to Acts 20, 13 to 24. And if you don't have a Bible with you, just raise your hand and um, uh, people come and uh, give you some, some Bibles. Just raise your hand if you don't have a Bible. Acts 20, 13 to 24. But going ahead to the ship, we set sail for Assos, intending to take Paul abroad there, for he had arranged, intending himself to go by land. And when he met us at Assos, we took him on board and went to Mytilene. And sailing from there, we came the following day opposite Chios. The next day we touched at Samos, And the day after that, we went to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sell past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he has hastening to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, Testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance, repentance towards God, and of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing that I will be that. What will be happen to me there? Except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment or afflictions await me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Amen. There are three biblical truths um, that we see in this um, passage, in this Um, discourse that Paul uh, made to the elders of the Ephesus church uh, that help us know how to live and what we live for. We see three truths, the message, the mission, and the cost. The The message, the mission, and the cost. These are going to propel us, I would say, in the right direction in life. The apostles, the apostle offered these truths at the end of its life, and they represent the essence of Christian life, the calling and the battle of the Christian life. So, uh, let's get uh, let's dive in the word right now. The message, the mission, and the cost. Let's th- let's take them one by one. First, we have a message, that is the gospel. We have a message, the gospel. In verse 34, Paul says, But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if I, may on, if I only may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. What did the apostle uh, want to testify to? The gospel of the grace of God. This was the message that consumed him, the message that he bet with his own life. And this gospel is the same message that he uh, wrote uh, time and time again through the ep- epistles and uh, also in Romans chapter 1. I, I should read, I will I will read that. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be apostle, which is a send one, set apart for the gospel of god which he has promised beforehand through the through his prophets in the holy scriptures concerning his sons and also um, a couple of verses later in 16 for i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god for salvation to everyone who believes to the jew first and also to the greek paul lived for the gospel in light of the gospel, the gospel that is centered around God's beloved Son Jesus Christ but the gospel is not only was not only Paul's message is also the uh, the message of the church throughout the ages and also is not only the church's message but only also uh, our message our personal message like yours your message and my message to the world as redeemed believers and the healthy churches that it, that are faithful to the scripture will be a, will be gospel centered churches we are not to we are not called to fabricate another other gospels other good news or preach other good news Uh, And there are a lot of fabricated gospel and news all over the place in our modern day. The gospel of modern psychology, I I am sure you heard that and you you encountered encountered that. The gospel of traditionalism or self-improvement or the gospel of good deeds, you know, be a good person. The gospel of comfort. The gospel of materialism or the gospel of false false religions. Gospel after gospel after gospel. Um, and this day and age, people lay hold of these false gospels to find purpose in life, find, find meaning in life. Um, because they don't have anything to live for, actually. And this gospel p- promises... A lot of good things, but they don't deliver, actually. Uh, they are like fast food, you know. Uh, you, they make you full, but they don't, don't nourish you, actually. Yeah. Uh, but we are called, as a church, to preach the best news. That is the gospel of the grace of God. Praise the Lord. And this gospel is powerful, says the, the apostle and has the capacity to convince and change people unlike any other message in the world. This is why the gospel is not just another message that we preach uh, uh, amongst a lot of lots of messages. The gospel is our only message. it is our red line, our DNA that we should be that should be in every one of us and in every one of our ministries as a church. Uh, let me tell you something. When we emphasize the gospel, our church life our, and our personal life will flourish. Will flourish. But when you don't emphasize the gospel, our communities will be... Um, Disinterested, uh, legalistic, uh, without life, without a real purpose to live for, Uh, and it is tempting for us as churches as and as individuals to lay hold of uh, the other gospels that are around us. Um, It is tempting. It is tempting as pastors and as church leaders to you know uh, stir up emotions or stir up passions, uh, passion in in. Uh, our congregants by using other means than the gospel. It is tempting, but it's a big deception. It's not popular to preach the gospel because the gospel tells us we are sinners and tells us there's coming a judgment, punishment, but actually this gospel has the real power to give life and give it abundantly. We must have the gospel as our primary message. If this is not obvious in our churches, we have failed completely. I wish you could see yourself as primarily a gospel servant. No matter if you are, I don't know, a developer, an architect, a nurse, or a politician. I, I've heard from Ray that you, you have a lot of politicians here in, in your church. But yeah. <laughs> but you are not a politician. You are a servant of the gospel. Amen. Primarily. I wish you, you could see yourself firstly as a servant of the gospel. No matter what. No matter what are you serving in this church. If you're serving a children's ministry, hospitality team... Or worship Him. The gospel unites us. And unites our all, all our efforts. And we work and strive for the sake of the gospel. We did not come together as planted churches. And planted churches here in Canada. Or, or out there in Romania. Because we wanted a fresh approach to ministry. Or something like that. We wanted you know, you know, a GCC church. Although I love a GCC church. Uh, or we wanted a contemporary you know, ministry and uh, maybe worship experience. I don't know. All these things are not bad in themselves, are good, I think. But they are not the reason for our existence as a church. The gospel is the reason. All this should spring from this root of the gospel. But what is the gospel? We heard gospel, gospel. Wow. What is the gospel? It is the good news. It is the best news of all. The news that we find salvation and rescue only in the Son of God. Paul's it in, this, uh, in calls it in our context here, the gospel of the grace of God. And why does it call it that way? Because in the gospel we find grace after grace. And grace means uh, free offer, free free gift. It is offered to us total and um, irreversible forgiveness through the death of Jesus Christ in our place. It is offered to us total deliverance from God's wrath through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that took upon Himself the Father's wrath. It is offered to us the unworthy and un. Hopeful status of sons through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in our place. It is offered to us the heavenly inheritance and eternal life without money or cost. That's grace. That's sheer grace. The only thing that we must do in order to receive that good news is to believe God. Believe that God is that kind of a God, a merciful and gracious God, and come to Him with repentance and faith. Paul says it in this passage um, in verse twenty twenty one. 21. I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and in, from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks, repentance toward God. That's one aspect repentance and a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ faith and repentance i don't know who you are but if you did not repent and put your faith in Lord Jesus i will call you to do that right now i invite you to come and receive the gospel come to jesus come and surrender your life to him put your trust in his kindness and his forgiveness i i, I urge you do not leave this evening without accepting and embracing the gospel as not only a good news but your good news your good news i beg you not to do that because outside of the gospel there is there is no good news Outside of the gospel, it's only bad news. There comes a day of judgment before a holy and righteous and just God. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10.31, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But this holy and living God could embrace you right now if you come by faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So repent and believe. And you will be saved, Church. This message of the life and death and the resurrection and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the, all the things that springs from that from, from that message um, is the message that we boast about, uh, and we believe it will, with all our hearts. And the, in light of the of this message, we want to live for. But this gospel also offers to Christians a framework, I would say, through which we can understand life and have meaning in life. The gospel gives us meaning, purpose, and life, both as individuals and as a church. We're attached together as a church by the gospel. The gospel is our glue, I would say. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, I would like a church where there are lots of young people or, uh, um, I don't know, they have a a wonderful uh, youth ministry. I would like a church where there are more families with kids. Um, Dear ones, if the criteria by which we, we join a church is a social one, you are making the biggest mistake. Yes. The criteria must be the gospel. Must be the gospel. Um, is that uh, church preaching the gospel? And also live the gospel? All other things like being part of a social group. Uh, if we have them, uh, that's a bonus. <laughs> but if we don't have it, uh, let it be. I want the gospel. I don't want a social group uh, uh, without the gospel. And I, w- I want to make a, a personal application. Can you tell me... What is the message that you are about the most? You, yourself. What do people hear from you constantly? Do they hear the gospel over and over again? When they look at your life, um, do they feel the fragrance of the gospel? Or they hear about all, all sorts of worldly things? And sends another fragrance. What is the message that you speak um, the most to your husband, to your wife, to your children? It is the gospel. What do they hear from your uh, complaints, frustrations, maybe pushy demands? What does your neighbor hear most from you? Does he hear that the gospel has flooded your life? Uh, and yes, we have frustration, we have hardship, we have complaints, but but they not they didn't, they uh, should not consume our lives. And the things that springs from our lives should be uh, what the gospel offers to us: joy, and worship, and gratitude, and and love towards others and serving the one who saved us through the gospel if the gospel is the best news it must reign in your life and in my life it must reign in the church as the supreme message and in my life and in your life and all other things should pale let's not forget these things our this thing our message is the gospel but the second Things. The second thing that gives us reason to live, for we have a mission. We have a mission, the Great Commission. Paul says it so clearly in verse twenty-four. But I do not account my life or of any value, nor nor as precious, if only I may finish my course and ministry that I that I have received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. If you look at the apostle's life, you'll find that he is in a constant mission. And he had to accomplish accomplish this mission at any cost. It was like a fire that consumed him. (laughs) He was in a constant go with this message of the gospel. Even in, in in our text... In, uh, in the uh, first part of our text that we, we, we read, you can ex- observe the plans that he made, the motives and the details of the ministry. I will go there. Oh, I, I will not go there because I want to go there. That's because he uh, thought of himself like in a mission. I am in a mission. We like being in a mission, right? Uh, actually, if you look at all good movies... Um, uh, they have some kind of a mission to accomplish uh, that needs to be accomplished, uh, and uh, I don't know the person does something that uh, needs to be done. Why is that? Because I think there is something inside of us, something designed by God that attracts us to be in a mission. We don't, we don't, we don't like to for lo- for our lives to be without a mission from nowhere and going to nowhere we love to have a mission and the apostle saw himself as part of the great commission his life was about that we are here for the gospel and to take the gospel to other people we are not together only because we are young like I said like uh, the same age, we have a lot in common uh, here in Romania we love we love speaking about theology all the time, but we are not here only because of theology. Uh, we are here because we have a mission we have a common mission to testify to the world to the gospel of the grace of God most of most of you I think uh, know that the Greek word for the gospel is Evangelion, and this word means um, the good news. The good news. The nature of the news is that it has to be passed uh, passed away. Passed. Otherwise, it is not a good. It's not a good. Not a news. It's a private, maybe a private information or something like that. For an information to bring benefit benefits to all people, that he can. That can be held by it. It needs to become a news. It needs to be spread widely. And this is our job as a church and as individuals. This is our mission. This is why we exist on this earth. But what do we want by preaching the gospel? What do we want by preaching the gospel? We want that the effects of this extraordinary news to conquer as many hearts as possible. That lost sinners be saved, that saved sinners may grow and mature, and that God be glorified because He has accomplished such a great salvation for us. This is is what we want as a church by proclaiming the gospel. The conversion and the Uh, maturing of Christians all for God's glory. This gospel is so mighty that it must be spread. But for it to be proclaimed and spread widely, there must be people to go in this mission. And that's the church's mission. In Romans 10, 13 to 15, Paul said um, something about this mission. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the, our final product, if I if I could say that. People who call upon the name of the Lord and will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have not ne- never heard? And how are they to hear without someone... Preaching to them, and how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news, beloved. The beautiful feet of those who bring the good news are your feet and my feet. You and I at the marketplace, at the office, at the at the shopping center. on social media and in the church right here. We are called to testify to the gospel. When we are outside, we preach the gospel. When when we are inside, we preach the gospel. The gospel is not only for the unreached people. It's also for us. We need the gospel so badly. Uh, For sinners to be saved and for saints to be sanctified and matured for the glory of God and for our eternal joy in Him. I wonder how you see your life. Is your life about this mission? If the Holy Spirit of God has driven Paul in this mission, and if that Spirit of God is also in your heart, you will feel the same burden for God's mission in the world. Yes? Our specific calling um, um, will be different from that of the apostle. I, I mean, God uh, did not call us, calls us, call us, uh, to leave everything and go across the Mediterranean Sea and tell everybody about Christ, plant churches, and strengthen churches. Um, we we don't have that specific um, calling, but He has called us to preach the gospel where we are. To build and strengthen the church that we are part of right now. I see a lot of Christians and I've noticed that their life is about a million things of this world. And too little about the Great Commission. Too little about making disciples. Too little about strengthening the local church. A lot lot of them are like migratory birds. They they um, are uh, in one church one day and, and then uh, in another church tomorrow and the next day in another. And they uh, uh, they do not get involved like doing something for the church. They do not serve. They do not use their gifts and their resources for the sake of community to fulfill this great commission. Others are so preoccupied by their families, their jobs, and their life, that ministry, church, and the mission that God called them to is almost entirely ne- neglected. Their life is not about the Great Commission, sadly. And usually, their lives um, are very miserable yeah, Because you cannot stray from um, God's mission and, uh, for your life and remain vibrant in your faith. You cannot do that. Remember Jonas. Oh, this fellow was a, was a gifted man of God. I mean, he was a prophet. He, he, heard, a, he heard God's voice. He had some gifts. He had a lot of gifts but was so unfaithful to his calling, so unfaithful, and a miserable fellow. Like if, if, you, if you read the end of the book of Jonah, you, you will see how miserable he was. The mission and the spiritual life go together in God's plan for every believer. If you want not concentrate on others, which is the essence of the Great Commission, you will concentrate on what else? You will concentrate on you. And that will give you a lot of problems, a lot of sufferings, a lot of unnecessary spiritual and um, uh, personal struggles. I am glad that many of us in Romania and here in Ottawa understood the calling to live um, for this mission and join join a church, a biblical church. In our context, I'm I'm happy to see uh, some of our um, most most of our members involved uh, with their whole heart, but also I'm aware of people skipping a lot of church uh, meetings, uh, involved in in the church in a minimal way, like uh, like just. I wonder why. And I can understand their worldly motives because I'm a human and I'm I, I have. Fleshly desires also, so I can understand them. I, I, uh, I even empathize with them. Uh, but at the end of the, day, of the day, when you are alone with God, I wonder if you can sincerely say about you, I am in a mission and my life is about this mission. I invite you to be more engaged and to assume wholeheartedly this mission. You, you and I need, need to live for something better than us, and bigger than us. We were created to live for something bigger than us. And when, you, when we don't do it, we sink in lack of meaning, depression, lack of appetite for, for life. Uh, we must believe we must live, actually, for greater goal, goals than just your own. Or my own personal goals in order to have something to live for. You and I must start to think not about what is best for me, you know, uh, but what is better for my brothers and sisters, what is better for the mission. I would love to see that you have a great vision of your life not just a tiny one i hope you have that that vision Uh, i pray that you have that vision and i i pray that you will not have a a limited uh, one like uh, i the next amusement like in the next weekend or so or watching the next episode on film on netflix Uh, uh, these things are not bad in themselves but but please enjoy them as if, as if you are in a mission. I wonder if, uh, I don't know, the uh, Israeli army or some, something, um, uh, watch Netflix or something. Probably they do, but they do it like in a mission. They have a mission, they have a goal, and they do it... Um, Refuse this insignificant mission that the world gives us to embrace. Embrace the great commission. But thirdly, this evening, we have a cost to pay. We have a cost to pay our whole life. Paul was, was talking in this passage about, about to, at least two costs that he assumed in the gospel mission. The cost of dying to sin. Dying to flesh. Dying to the flesh or of dying to all that was against the gospel, against the image of Christ that was revealed in the gospel. He, um, uh, he told the, to the elders at Ephesus in, um, in this passage that he walked up amongst them in a humble spirit, like verse, verse 19 says that, and without reproach, verse 30, 33 to 35. Uh, He paid the price of a character that is worthy to follow. That is the first cost. We are called to die to the pleasures of sin and to be more like Christ. The mission cannot be accomplished by uh, men who are selfish, who are uh, thinking constantly about about themselves, uh, but um, with people who are uh, following Christ earnestly with their whole heart. And this is costly. This will cost you. And if this sounds costly to you, let's go even deeper to the second one, the cost of losing our whole lives. Verse 34, once again, I do not account my life of any value as uh, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ. To testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul saw his mission as bigger than than his life. More important, more precious than his own life. There is no bigger cause than one's life. And this is why the mission is bigger than life. My beloved, if we do not understand that, do not understand that our ho- uh, earthly life is less precious than the fulfillment of the Great Commission, we won't ever understand the calling to sacrifice, the calling to devote ourselves, uh, and we will resist this calling. Our life will be centered around the things of the world, loves, and treasures. Comfort, money, vacations, houses, cars, and probably the, the easiest life possible. We declare as Bible Christians, and I, I, I talked to Ray, and he told me about your uh, situation here, uh, about the gospel, uh, prosperity gospel. We, we declare that we, are, uh, we do not like the prosperity gospel. And even we, we talk against it. But actually, the prosperity gospel uh, is deep. Uh, In our Adamic DNA, our flesh is very much attracted by the desire of comfort, pleasures, and selfishness. And we as preachers, actually, we are aware that we cannot change anybody. But the gospel can do it. The gospel can do it. Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation and the only power of God that can unleash this type of sacrificial and radical living that makes you give your whole life for this message and for Christ's sake. Um, and we are called to offer our lives for this, uh, on this altar like Christ offered his life for us on the cross. Jesus says in Matthew 10, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There is no shortcut in God's kingdom. If Christ is not supreme for us and for you. We, if we do not give our lives for him. We will lose it. We will lose our lives. And we will lose them forever. But if we, if we lose our lives for his sake. For his namesake. If we give our life, lives on the altar of the, of the gospel. How great reward expects us! The heavens' king will honor us in front of millions, you know, and he will bring us on besides him on on his throne, and he will honor us in front of all creation. In light of this passage uh, tonight. We are called to evaluate ourselves and to recenter our personal and community life and mission. We are called to understand the centrality of the gospel, of the message that we are, have entrusted with. Everything is about the message, um, about the power of God for salvation and for sanctification and for transformation of our lives. It is about the gospel. That Christ it is in its center, not me or not you, but secondly, uh, consider this passage uh, that we are called to understand that this gospel uh, will bring us in a mission. We are in a mission. we must recenter our lives uh, in light of our greater than life mission that sinners may be saved and um, sinners sinners that are saved be sanctified and matured all that for declaring the worth of his great name among the nations but lastly this mission has a cost the comfort and the pleasures and um, all the all the things that the world can offer and even our earthly life embrace this cost with your whole heart we are pilgrims here in our, in our way to the real life that our Lord will surely give us at the end of our sacrificial life here. Um, we have something to live for. Let's, uh, let's end with prayer. Let's, let us bow down. Thank you, O Father, for such a clear um, text this evening. Thank you for the um, astonishing life of the Apostle Paul that inspires us. Inspires us here today, here in Ottawa, Canada, to live larger than life, purposes in in our lives that inspires us to live for the gospel and for this mission I pray for Ottawa Church Hope Ottawa Church I pray for Theocentric Church in Bucharest Lord please put this burning desire in our heart to lift up Christ's name in our generation no matter the cost let we esteem his far superior name by laying it all. In His name we pray. Amen.